Hello, this is the first episode of my female podcast. You're going to hear me reintroduce the show again in a while because I actually recorded this entire episode once already and due to technical issues, I lost it. Somehow, I managed to recover it and when I listened to it again, it felt like everything about it was horrible and I had to redo it. And so a couple of weeks later, I decided that redoing it would defeat the whole purpose of why I'm making this podcast. So yeah, I'm just gonna leave it as it is. Here goes nothing. Annyeong, welcome to my Pimil podcast, a secret podcast that I am telling no one and everyone about. If you're here after listening to the trailer, that means you know next to nothing about this podcast, so thank you very much for showing up. I really appreciate it. I hope 2021 has been good to you so far. We're about 13 days into it and so much has happened all around the world. But before we go into our first episode, let me just tell you a bit about this podcast and what it'll, what it'll be about and why I started it, I guess. So I thought of this secret podcast idea at 3am in the morning one night and unlike my other 3am in the morning ideas, I'm actually following through with this one. So that's quite interesting. I wanted a space, I guess, to just try podcasting without feeling so nervous and so scared about it. Well, I am working on a separate podcast for work, but getting down to figuring everything out and there's, there's also this additional thing of when you put something out there, you just want people to like it. And I feel like whenever I obsess or get worried about what people are going to say, I tend to get really shy and I dial back who I am. And so this podcast is a way for me to, I guess, be confident in my own skin, if that makes sense. And I feel like because I I just turned 30 recently, I feel like I should be, I should be there, but I'm not. And so yeah, this podcast is just a way for me to find my way back to myself. And that's why it's secret, right? Because I just want to be able to say things without having to worry about what people are going to say, like what, what my neighbor is going to think, what my family is going to think, or what my students are going to think. Basically, this podcast is going to be a personal journal of sorts. I'm just going to be sharing some of my thoughts and opinions with you, as well as occasionally sharing with you some songs or quotes or lyrics that I like from Korean songs or from K-drama, which I am completely obsessed with. Korean is a language that makes me feel at home. It is a language that I am completely in love with and I feel like I can express myself best in Korean. The only problem is that people around me don't really understand it because I don't live in Korea and I'm not Korean. Um, So sometimes when I speak Korean, I feel like there's a slight disconnect between what I want to say and what people end up hearing. So I'm just hoping that through this, I can kind of share my love for the language and also try and get you to watch more K-dramas. Haha. <laughs> so yeah, without further ado, this is the first episode of my Pimil podcast. See you in a bit. So a couple of days ago, the O-level results were released and the O-levels are a huge exam for secondary school students. In Singapore, we start secondary school at 13 and 
it lasts for about four to five years depending on the academic stream that you're in but ultimately the end game is to emerge with an O-level certificate that would allow you to go to either a polytechnic to pursue a diploma or to a junior college or a school where you can take your A-levels and go to university after that. Firstly, I should say huge congratulations to every student who has emerged from their four to five years of secondary school with this cert, regardless of the grades that they've received, because, you know, just being able to go through the four years and come out alive is a huge thing in especially considering the kind of stresses that teenagers undergo these days, right? So of course it's all well and good when students do really well, but I think I tend to worry more about those who don't, and it's not because I think that they can't go anywhere in life. It's completely the opposite. People tend to make students believe that their grades are the definition of who they are as a person, and that really, really isn't a case. I once had a student who failed a class test, and she asked me if I thought of her as a failure in life and the thing is at first I thought that she was joking but after a while I realized that she really wasn't she really thought that because she kept failing all these class tests that she was going to be some kind of failure in life and I mean I'm not gonna lie and say that grades don't matter of course they matter right like that's why we go to school although I would also argue that we go to school to to enjoy learning and things like that but you know, going back to grades, I'm not gonna lie and say that they don't matter, but do I think that they are the embodiment of who you are as a person? No, definitely not. And if you're failing your class tests, it doesn't mean that you're failing as a person in life. It just means that we, your teachers, need to figure out how to help you better. And it's, it's all about troubleshooting, you know what I mean? If you experience a problem with your computer, it's not like you're going to throw it out immediately. You want to try and fix it first. It's, of course, really encouraging when students do well and parents are supportive, but I think that parents also really need to be supportive when they're, when students don't do as well or, or, when, or when students have improved so much from where they started, even though their grades might not be the best or they might not have gotten the highest grades. Because that still counts for something. You know, you can't just discount hard work by telling people or students that they are a disgrace. I really think that as adults, we have a responsibility to make sure that teenagers and children get to adulthood without being too emotionally scarred. And I know that parents and adults and teachers are also figuring life out. Like, I'm a teacher and do I have my life together? I don't think so. I mean, I kind of do, but also, do I really? But adults seem to give teenagers the impression that we do have it all together. And that's just false advertising, you know what I mean? Like, bruh, don't come and tell me that when you were 16, you never failed a test or you never failed an exam. And if you have, if you know what it's like to put in so much of effort into work and to have it not pay off, then don't make your children feel like absolute crap when the same thing happens to them. Instead, you should be telling them that yes, you do empathize or you do understand. And in the event that your experience was completely different, like if you went to school and you know, you were that straight A student, then just have some empathy for your child if he or she has not been able to 
you know, achieve the kind of grades that you expected from them. I mean, is that really too much to ask? Like, isn't the whole point of having kids to care for them and to love them? And I know, okay, I know. I know that parents who are hard on their children are doing it most of the time because they care for their kids and they do love their kids. And they feel that, you know, I need my kid to have an education because I want them to be prepared in a world where the economy is just going south, in a world where we don't even know where we're going to be in the next five to ten years. You want to equip your child with the best educational resources possible. And that's all well and good, but at the same time, that has, surely that has to be balanced with making sure that your kid feels loved. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what kind of degree you have, regardless of what your educational qualifications are, emotional resources are the ones that are going to get you through life. So this isn't the portion of the podcast where I'm supposed to be talking about K-drama, but it's relevant, so here goes. I'm watching this show called True Beauty, and the whole premise is that this kid, well, this teenager has been bullied by her so-called friends for being supposedly ugly and she ends up relying on makeup to look pretty and therefore avoid being bullied at her new school. And at one point, you know, she's not doing very well at school, so at one point her mom throws out all her makeup. She just, like, the main character just loses it. She cries and she's like, you don't even understand why I need makeup and you don't even know what's going on with me. And yeah, it's true, right? The mom, you know, doesn't know about the bullying because she never felt comfortable. I mean, the main character never felt comfortable enough opening up to her. And the mom is just like, do better, do better, do better. Again, I'm not saying that parents should not expect their kids to do well in school, but just make a little room, you know? Allow kids to be human and allow them to share every thing that's going on in their lives with you because if you don't try to understand your child when they are a teenager you're gonna lose them as adults they're not going to want to come back share anything with you because if you weren't there for them before then that's the lesson that they would have also learned that they can't depend on you for emotional security and again in life that's what we crave we crave emotional security we crave validation sometimes even if everything is going well on paper your relationships might be a mess your self-esteem might be a mess and in those times a textbook is not gonna help us feel okay an, an educational certificate is not gonna help us feel okay it's the people around us it's how comfortable we feel around them it's the people who feel like home those people are not always the people whom you share your home with unfortunately the one thing that i really really want to say to adults in general whether you're a parent or whether you're an aunt or an uncle or a teacher if you are in touch with children or if you're in touch with teenagers, then just try and be there for them beyond how you think you're supposed to be. I don't know if that makes sense. Just have conversations about them with them that don't always revolve around school and try to understand what makes them tick. And also try to understand that we're in 2021. Students come up to me and they say that they want to be a social media influencer when they grow up and this was something that wasn't even around when I was a teenager. The fact that people consider that as a viable career path was a bit astounding at first, but if I go online, I, I get it. I see how that kind of makes sense and I can see how children might be into that. And again, I'm not saying that I would encourage every single teenager to be a social media influencer without having a proper understanding of 
what that emotional landscape is like, but that we have to remember that they live in different times. We are in different times, and so we can't be the same kind of adults who raised us. We can't be so hard on our children that they end up crying to themselves alone in the bedroom. And again, this has nothing to do with me trying to say that some parents don't love their kids, right? I know that parents love their kids. It's just that you need to show your kids that you love them, and yelling at them really isn't the way to do it. So, I probably should have started with this. But the reason why I went on this whole rant is because, you know, whenever results day rolls around. All my students would message me, and they would tell me like how they've done, and of course they would also tell me how some of their parents have reacted. And some of their parents are really supportive, but sometimes I get very upset when I hear that my student has heard from their parents that they are disgraced or they're ungrateful because they've they've not done as well. And I just you know I don't know what to say in these instances. Of course, I comfort the child as much as possible, but my role is quite limited because. It's not like I live with them. It's not like I can go to their houses and have a chat with their parents about how their kid actually did do really well and how their kid did improve a lot. It's just really frustrating because I know that some children live in an environment where they are constantly being reminded of the false truth that their grades define who they are. And the kids buy into this, and I can see how they develop huge amounts of anxiety. So huge that sometimes it's no surprise that they do badly on tests, because they are so anxious already even before they take the test, and it's just really upsetting. Especially when these kids are good kids, you know, they, they're kind, they're good, they're funny, they're hilarious, and teenagers are hilarious. And it's just such a waste to see them so crushed. Even if you've not done as well in school, and or even if you end up taking a path that is not what you expected, at least you're still here. You know, at least you're still here. You're still alive. You're still breathing. Exams that you take at twelve and sixteen and eighteen, they are important, but they're not going to make or break your life. You know, I used to think that the exam that I took when I was eighteen kind of broke my life because I did pretty badly. But in the end, I went to a university where I met some of the best friends of my life, and if I hadn't gone there, I wouldn't have realized that I wanted to be a teacher. I wouldn't have realized so many things about myself. So sometimes you might think that you're taking a detour, but you're really not. It's just part of life, and you just have to try your best at every instance. I guess what I'm trying to say is that these exams can make or break you if you believe that they do. But if you don't, and if you see it as just a move that you've made in your life that leads you to another move that you can make, and that's the most important thing. So always remember that the move that you're about to make is much more important than the move that you've already made.
시작인가요? 마음이 자꾸 그대 사랑한대요. 온 세상이 드도록 소리치네요. 왜 이제야 드려야죠? 서로 만나기 위해 이제야 사랑 찾았다고. 
the lips of your colleague without any prompting and then aggressively ask her to meet you after work without giving her any insight as to why she's supposed to do so. And the thing is, right, these things might have worked in the past. So I recently also rewatched Secret Garden which stars Hyunbin and Hajiwon. And Secret Garden came out in 2010, but which is what, about 11 years ago? Oh my goodness, time passes so fast. So it came out 11 years ago, and I really enjoyed it then. But now, as I'm re-watching it, I'm finding that there are so many things which just make me really uncomfortable. Hyunbin's character is exceptionally aggressive. He's also very touchy-feely when he doesn't have to be. He shows up at Hajiwon's workplace and, and demands that she pays attention to him while she's all like, dude, I'm at work, please go away. So in 2010, it was fine. In 2021, I think all of us have a much more informed idea of what constitutes harassment, what is okay, what is not okay, what is romantic, what is not romantic. And in the case of Sombe, don't put that put on the lipstick. The writers kind of need to get with the times. You can't have a male lead who is fine 90% of the time and then suddenly becomes super aggressive and super sexually harassy for 10% of the show and expect me to be on board with it. Of course, I'm a complete hypocrite because I'm going to be continuing to watch the show anyway. I just really hope that they find some way to make him change and I hope that it's included in his character arc as to why he is this way and how he can learn to not be this way. Otherwise, if I'm supposed to just automatically accept this as romantic and socially acceptable, then there's definitely a problem there. I'm not really watching much else at the moment. Well, I am. I'm watching The Uncanny Counter. I'm about to start the second last episode, although I've got a pile of work waiting for me, so I don't know if I'll be able to finish it. But yeah, I guess that's it for now in terms of TV. What about you? What are you watching? Do you have any recommendations? Let me know, let me know. of the first episode of my Pimil podcast. Thank you again for joining me. Do let me know what you thought about the episode and the segments. You can find me on Instagram at my Pimil podcast or you can drop me an email at my podcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, don't forget to tell no one about this podcast and by that I mean tell everyone. See you next time on my Pimil podcast.